John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas got a band of soldiers and guards from the chief priests and Pharisees and went there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, knowing everything that was going to happen to him, went out and said to them, Whom are you looking for? They answered him, He said to them, I am. Judas, his betrayer, was also with them. When he said to them, I am, they turned away and fell to the ground. So again asked them, Whom are you looking for? They said, I told you that I am. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill what he had said, I have not lost any of those who gave me. And Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father gave me? So the band of soldiers, the tribune, and the Jewish guards teased Jesus, bound him, and brought him to Anas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had counseled the Jews that it was better that one man should die rather than the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid, who was the gatekeeper, said to Peter, He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire that they had made because it was cold and were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews gather. And in secret, I have said nothing. Why ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said, Is this the way you answer the high priest? If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Anas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing there keeping warm, and they said to him, denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Again, Peter denied it, and immediately the cock crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. It was morning, and they themselves did not enter the praetorium in order not to be defiled so that they could eat the Passover. 
So Pilate came out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, This Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews answered him, In order that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled that he said, indicating the kind of death he would die, so Pilate went back into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Do you say this on your own? Or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, he again went out to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged. And the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, struck him repeatedly. Once more Pilate went out and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the guards saw them, they cried out, Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, Now when Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid and went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Jesus did not answer him, so Pilate said to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you, and I have the power to crucify you? You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Consequentially, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and seated him on the judge's bench in the place called Stone Pavement, in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was preparation day for Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? 
The chief priests answered, Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus, Nazarene, King of the Jews. Now many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers and the crucified Jesus when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, a share for each soldier. They also took his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top down. So they said to one another, In order that the passage of Scripture might be fulfilled that says, they divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross, Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, the mother of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And for that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. There was a vessel filled with common wine. So they put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he handed over his spirit. Now, since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and that they could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then of the other, whom was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth, so that you may also come to believe. For this happened that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says, 
they will look upon him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus, and Pilate, Pilate permitted it. So he came and took the body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths along with the spices, according to the Jewish burial custom. Now in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in that garden a new tomb in which no one had been buried. So they laid Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation day, for the tomb was close by. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that is a very long reading, and we've heard it many times, but there's so much there for us to think about. There's actually two chapters of the book of John that we went through, um, and there's 1,925 words. There's a lot to really soak in. Um, it's interesting when you think about where do you really go with that. I decided to look right in the middle. Um, the section that's at the first part, of course, is the garden, and there's lots of drama that goes on as we build up. And at the end, we're talking and we're looking at what happens on the cross. But right in the middle, Pilate makes this outrageous claim. So you are a king. And Jesus, which we've, we've wanted all through the New Testament, makes it so clear. That's why I was born, and that's why I came into the world. It couldn't be clearer, and this is what he said. This is truth. Now, I really love what the Old Testament does to reveal what Jesus came to fulfill. And we heard some of this in the first reading with Isaiah, the suffering servant. Well, if we go back to 1 Samuel, and 1 Samuel... Uh, Samuel the prophet, was there when the people said, we want a king. That was before Saul. And the people were saying, we want a king to rule over us and lead us. Well, Samuel took that as a rejection of him. And so he's having a conversation with God, and he says, you know, he's like, yeah, this is... I feel so bad, these people are rejecting me. And God says, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me as their king. All the way back to before King David, before Saul, the subjects were rejecting God as their king. And God said, go tell the people what's going to happen when they have a king. And he did. And he said, if you get a king, the king is going to take advantage of you. He's going to take away all your rights. He's going to take your money. He's going to take the best of your harvest. He's going to take your children and make them work to make war weapons. He's not going to treat you well. 
And they said, we want a king that will lead us and fight our battles. And here is Pilate trying to tell everyone, here is your king. Here is the king who is really going to lead you and fight your battles. Of course, no one would follow that. Um, There's a um, really interesting um, part of the Passion of Christ. I know many people go back and look at this at this time. Um, So there's a part when Mary is watching Jesus being scourged. And she says, oh, my son, when, where, how will you deliver yourself from this? So she knew that everything that Jesus was doing in the passion that we've read, he did it with his own will to allow it to happen to the very end. He suffered through such agony to get our attention and to also accommodate the sins from the incarnation forward, but from that going backwards, from everyone that rejected God as their king. And for many of us, as we look to see how how much agony and suffering the Lord went through, it reminds us, of how much rejection there had been for God as their king. The important part of this is that Jesus stayed on the cross. He stayed on the cross until there was no reason to stay any longer. Not that his body gave out. That's how he earned becoming a king. God glorified him because he stayed on the cross for us. And the other piece that's really incredible, and we don't read so much about it in the Gospel of John, is the repentant thief who was going to join Jesus in paradise. It was his thought that he had to stay on his cross as well. To get to paradise means staying on the cross. That's the key, staying on the cross. We say embrace our crosses, but it's really staying on the cross so that Jesus can be with us and lead us and fight our battle with us on our crosses. That's the key. And that's what we're going to do shortly when we reverence the crosses that come forward. We're really thanking Jesus for staying on the cross, for being our king, for staying on the cross and earning that for his love of us, and also to be with us, to lead us, and to also fight with us in our own battles and suffering. So it's a gratitude as we look and reverence the cross for what Jesus is doing as our King.